Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha, this is Jude, and today we have a very exciting episode for you all. We are going to be talking about psychic children. We actually have a guest with us today. Her name is Roxy, and she is an incredible 15-year-old who has amazing abilities, and she's going to share some of her experiences, what it's like for her to have abilities, and give us some advice as parents on how we can help nurture children with abilities. Patty and I have also psychically, intuitively picked up new energies coming in with children, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm sure many of you have heard the terms indigo children, crystal children, rainbow children. We'll dive a little bit into what that is. Is that a thing? How can we recognize that we might have a child with abilities? And how do we nurture that as parents? Patty, I'm going to hand this over to you and see if there's anything that you have to say about psychic children. Hi, Jude. I'm super excited about this episode with Roxy too. She's an amazing person and I think she has words of wisdom for all of us. All right. So talking about psychic children, let's start with some ways to recognize if your child is psychic. Oftentimes, children that have a really high imagination are pretty psychic. Children that are extremely creative. You might have a child that's just really good at music. It just comes really natural for them. Or their vocabulary is amazing. At three years old, their vocabulary is very poetic, and they're using big words. Oftentimes, when this happens, they can be channeling energies from elsewhere or channeling past life energy that's coming through. Also, children that are super sensitive, overly shy, have anxiety early on or tend to get easily overwhelmed, that may be because they are super empathic and super sensitive. When children are empathic, they're just very sensitive to other people's energies. They get overwhelmed easily. They need a lot of time out, a lot of quiet time at home to balance. And if we can recognize that, then we can assist them by making sure that we space out play dates and that we make sure they have a lot of quiet time at home to to have that time to reboot and clear out energies. And also, oftentimes when children are young, they have their invisible friend. That is because children have the ability to visually see their spirit guides or maybe a loved one that has passed that's coming through with them. So when I was growing up, it was looked at as just very cute if you had an invisible friend. But if your child has an invisible friend, it's a good thing to nurture that and ask them questions and respect that and have conversations about that and really talk to them as if it is a real thing because it is real. And to them, it's extremely real. And we want to empower our children. And then another thing is kids that talk to the dog, you know, the dog said, the dog told me, the bird says, or children that talk to themselves that will sit in a corner and just have full on conversations with themselves. Oftentimes they're connecting with other spirits. So those are some of the ways that we can recognize psychic abilities in children. I have three children. All three of my children are extremely sensitive to energy, but all in really different ways. 
So even though they are all my children, they get things really uniquely for themselves. So when I'm talking to my children about psychic awareness, I have to talk to them independently of one another to nurture the way that they themselves perceive information. So it can be a little bit tricky, but it's fascinating. And if we can nurture that in them, then they will learn to expand with that and really tap into their intuition and not close that down. Yeah, I think because I grew up in an environment where things that were deemed unnormal were frowned upon, I had a lot of abilities as a child and they kind of got squashed down through a huge chunk of my adolescence. And that really didn't open back up for me until I was a teenager. And I think it really exploded open because it was so suppressed for so many years. I remember being younger and my little brother, who is a year and a half younger than me, had incredible abilities. Even when he was in diapers, I have memories of him telling me that he was floating out of his crib and flying into the kitchen and could see what mom was making for lunch. And I remember being scared and telling him, you can't do that. Don't do that don't fly out of the crib. And I even remember him telling me that he was seeing a friend that was floating in the air that he could see all the time. And he even said, I always feel like I can't be a bad kid because this person's always watching me. And I used to ask him all these questions about it. And as I got older, my curiosity turned into the conditioning that people around me were putting on me is like, that's not normal. You can't do that. And I remember telling my brother, you can't see that person anymore. You need to stop seeing them. And as I got older, I kind of have a little bit of guilt around being the person that made my brother stop nurturing his abilities. But I believe I had abilities that I was sharing that because I was older, I was being told and was understood that that was not okay or not normal. So I was learning how to shut them down. And I often wonder how that would have altered my life had it been nurtured. So when I had children, I was very open and still am super open about my abilities and really normalizing what it is to perceive things in other dimensions. And I know my daughter who is now 17 and when I've talked to her about it, it's so normalized that it doesn't even excite her. <laughs> She's mm -hmm. just like almost desensitized to what it is to be psychic. She definitely has abilities. She's super empathic, but she doesn't have abilities developed in the way that I do. I think when she's ready and comfortable to open up with her abilities more, it'll come more natural and more smooth than it did for me. That's great, Jude. I'm going to talk about my daughter as well. My daughter is extremely empathic and sensitive. And when she was young, I played a lot of games with her where I would say, what color am I thinking? What number am I thinking? What animal am I thinking of? And we would play these games together where I was trying to nurture her psychic abilities so that while she was being empathic, she would also learn to trust that and work with that. And it's uncanny now. She and I dream the same thing. We are constantly, we look at each other and we say the same thing over and over over, we really got in tune with one another. And when she was young, I think it started when she was about three, 
she was extremely sensitive. If we were out and about and we saw somebody that was in a wheelchair or someone with special needs or someone with a broken leg, she would have an anxiety attack and say, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. And I would take her out of the store or put her in the car wherever we were. And I really respected that. But one year she was supposed to be in the kindergarten Christmas program. And one of her classmates had a brother that was special needs and he was pretty severely affected and was in a wheelchair. And she refused to go because she knew that there was a good chance that he would be there. And I would try to talk to her about this. And she, you know, being five, had trouble verbalizing that. And then as time went on, something shifted. And now she's actually getting her master's in special education because she has the ability to communicate and work with nonverbal children and children with autism in a really amazing, spectacular way. She can work with kids that are nonverbal and have them talking in no time. So it's interesting because something that really had a negative effect on her and scared her ended up being something that she works with now and it's her goal in life and her passion. So it's important that we recognize our children's abilities, foster that and assist them in any way that we can so that instead of just getting the best of them or forcing them to do something that's uncomfortable, we're allowing them to take the time to understand and process and protect themselves for whatever's going on with them. And she, to this day, is a prophetic dreamer. She gets a lot of information in her dream state and actually has a lot of nightmares. She's still really sensitive to negative energy. She's this big ball of light, but she has a very visceral reaction to anybody that seems to be in pain or discomfort. People that pass come to her in the dream state a lot. So with her, we spend a lot of time working on tools to assist her with that. That's amazing. When did her abilities really start blossoming? Do you think, was it always, or was there a moment where she was really kind of accepting that? Because I know with my daughter, it's very clear to me that she's very empathic and super sensitive, but to her, she's still in that, oh, it's just normal. It, It doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. I know when she matures a little bit more, she'll probably embrace her gifts, maybe be willing to work with them or so I hope. Did your daughter go through a similar acclimation? It's really interesting when I look at her because when she was in, I believe, the fifth or sixth grade, she started volunteering in the special needs class, which shocked me because of her difficulties being around anybody that fit that category in the past and just loved it. And I would pick her from school and I would be able to tell that she volunteered because she just would be beaming and in so much light. And something shifted right about that age where she started to see her connection with them in a positive way rather than in a negative way. However, that is also the time that a lot of chronic health issues started manifesting for her. And that's a tricky thing. And we know that energy manifests into physical issues. And it's really interesting that those kind of coincided with the same timeline. I would say that about sixth grade, it happened. And now she's 22. And I've given her some tools to help her block off dreams. And she's getting on top of it, but still in the learning process. You know, we learn to deal with our things our entire lives. It's a lifelong lesson. Right. I think part of the learning is learning how not to do things as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. Seeing the unbalanced side of it and really knowing that that's where you don't want to be. The kids are trippy. My oldest son, he's extremely visual and my dad had passed and he'd say, did grandpa used to shave in that back bathroom at grandma's house? Cause I always see him in there shaving. And he said, I was driving my car and grandpa said, Dylan, slow down around this next corner. And he said, he came around the corner and there was a huge buck standing right in the road. So he's had these really profound visual things. And then he'll say stuff to me like, I don't believe in that stuff. 
And I'm like, how <laughs> can you say that? You've had so many experiences. No, I don't believe in that. I don't know. I think that was just my imagination. So with kids, it can be tricky. And the whole trusting it and validating, and again, is it popular to be psychic? Are you different? Does it make you feel isolated and like you don't belong? So kids can end up really dealing with it in funny, different ways. Right. I feel like my older daughter, she has a bit of that precog where she sees things and then it happens. And she's always told me that even from when she was super little, how strange it would be driving home on the school bus and just thinking that she was daydreaming that she was going to see something out the window and then turn around the bend. And then there was the exact thing that she imagined she would be seeing. And she always said things like that all the time. And I know that she has also an ability like me to perceive spirit but she's very quickly to be like, this was my imagination, or I was maybe a little scared. But I know she's seeing spirit, and perhaps she's going to open to that a little more accepting of that uh, later as she gets older. I also have a younger daughter who is nine years younger, so she's going on eight years old. And I describe my two daughters as being the total polar opposite energies. Whereas my older daughter, I describe as 17 going on 90. My younger daughter, I describe as eight going on 16. Energetically, they are completely different. And so this is where we step into what people describe as indigo children, crystal children, rainbow children. Some intuitives are channeling in that there are these new types of souls that are incarnating that have a different frequency their energy runs differently than souls that have been incarnating for the last few generations. I can see that clearly between my two children. Now, I think that my older daughter, the way I perceive her energy is it's very easy to see all of the lifetimes. She's one of those kids you say, oh, she's a very, very old soul. Intuitively, I can look at her and see layers and layers and layers deep of lifetimes. My younger daughter, who's eight, I have yet to see one lifetime on this child and I can't explain it. And she's the first child that I ever experienced that with. And it was interesting because I already perceived that. And I think Patty came into my life when she was a couple years old. And Patty even said that in a reading. I think this is her first time here. And for me, that was a huge validation because I didn't know if I was crazy for thinking that. But I was like, this child, it's like she's never been here before. (laughs) (laughs) My kids are similar. My middle son is a very old soul, very wise, very tender and compassionate and kind. And everybody comes to him with their issues and for assistance. And he's also a really intelligent and just can channel information and remember everything that he's ever been told. He's a very wise old soul. And then my daughter, who's next in line under him, is the same as your daughter. I can't see any past lives with her at all. We oftentimes call these children indigo children, and Jude's youngest daughter that has never had any past lives and my youngest daughter are both named indigo, and they are definitely indigo children. Indigo children are beings that have come in that have not had a human life before. They are wise because they've been paying attention and watching what's going on in the world, and they've come to be part of what's happening right now, but they don't bring with them the familiar sense of being in a human body. Oftentimes, these kids have eating issues. They have problems with their physical bodies. They just don't know what to do with their body. And I'll get mothers in that say, I don't know what to do with 
my kid, he won't eat. He can't sleep. He can't. And I'm like, well, he's never been in a human body before. And it's going to take him a few years to get acclimated and understand what that means. And it's just fascinating that we both have daughters named Indigo for the first part. And then also that they are both Indigo children and we chose to name them Indigo. I, I think that's pretty fun and amazing. So Jude, is that how you would describe an Indigo child? Touching on our daughter's name, Indigo, and the fact that we both think that they've never been here before, which is funny because when Patty and I met for the first time, I just want to share that. My friend basically linked us up. And so we got together. I met Patty at her house and we had the most phenomenal first conversation. It was so validating for the first time in my life. We were finishing each other's sentences. She would say, well, I see like this. And I was like, yeah, and it looks like that. And she'd be like, yeah. And both of us were both saying, well, I don't know anybody else who sees that. We had this wonderful conversation for a couple hours. And right at the end, I was like, my daughter Indigo. And she was like, what? My daughter's name Indigo. I was like, no, it's not. I was like, you gotta be, you know, it's just such a rare thing. And so it was just like the cherry on top of the serendipitous cake that we were enjoying in that moment. So I've did a little research on what they're saying Indigo children are and crystal children and I guess rainbow children is what they're saying. And there's like a slight variation and they suggest that they were born during different times. And the lines blur a little bit for me. I don't think it's black and white, but I can say that I have noticed that there are certain types of souls that I am perceiving, especially with my clients, that under a certain age, there's a certain type of soul that I perceive to be indigo or crystal, if you will. And they are like how we are describing our daughters, feeling like they're really stripped of karma and really stripped of that catalog of past lives. And they feel very pure and very bright and their essence and their energy read really strong. Like when I have clients like that, I can really see the purity of who they are in their highest very naturally. Whereas some clients that are older, I feel like we got to work through layers. They also have that purity and clarity, but there's layers of trauma, layers of karma that need to be moved through in order to reveal those higher versions of themselves. I don't think I've had somebody over the age of 25. As far as those ones I'm saying that are like our daughters that feel very pure and clear, it's like they don't have the lifetimes of karma and the layers of work that they need to do to be in alignment with their higher self. They're actually just incarnating and just already in that alignment. And that's what I'm going to describe that as. I agree with you, Jude. I think there are a lot of labels and people trying to categorize some of these souls that are coming in. And I think that is a tricky thing and hard to do because I do think there are souls that have come into being that have not had past human lives, but had lives on other dimensions in different frequencies. And they do carry this wisdom. So it's not that they come in totally ignorant of the human experience, they oftentimes are very wise and have come here to help us and assist us in shifting the frequency of the planet into a higher vibration. And these indigo beings, I see them as really high frequency, high vibrating beings that are here to make some things change and do some work. Right. And I will say for my older daughter, who even though I perceive many, 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 many lifetimes rolling through her energy, she still feels energetically more advanced 
too. So just because you may be coming from a different dimension or a different planet, if you will, never incarnated on earth, or if you're somebody who has had thousands of lifetimes on earth, doesn't mean that you don't come with that purity and that higher wisdom. Because I do see people, probably like your son and my older daughter, coming in with a more natural wisdom along with being an old soul, a soul that is so experienced that they've gotten really good at being on earth. Yes, I agree with that. And I've read a few people that are old souls that have completed their journey, that they have no reason to incarnate, that they've worked through all of their karma and they've reached that state of purity where they're done with the human life. However, they have sacrificed and said, all right, I'll go, I'll take one for the troops. And even though they are not coming in for their own lessons, they have decided to incarnate as a human to assist us and to help the world that's so messed up right now. So I feel like we have these wonderful indigo children that are newly here to help us shift energy that come in as a really bright light. And then we have these really wise old souls that have sacrificed to come in to assist us. So we have a lot of beings on the planet right now that are here specifically during this time to assist us with a vibrational frequency shift that we are all experiencing. I totally agree with that. I haven't had a lot of them, but where the message is very clear with certain clients is like, you don't really need to be here, but you came here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're yeah, like, why? yeah, they're like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Even they're like, why sometimes? They're like, why? Because, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when you're on the other side, it seems like, oh, no biggie. But then you get here and you're like, dang, this is tough. This is rough down here. I have noticed now with the very, very, very young children, and I mean like under maybe five years old, and it's not that I have a ton experience. I just want to say this. It's just an observation that I have and that I'm sharing that some of the new, new babies that are coming in are so pure and so high that they almost seem like ascended masters almost coming in. I mean, they're coming in with such knowledge and such alignment. It's like they're coming in with this deified wisdom. And I don't know that for certain because they haven't grown up yet to bring it to us and be more open about it. But this is energy that these really, really young babies are having now, the little, little children. Patty, have you been perceiving anything like that? Yes, exactly. I've been seeing that a lot. And it's interesting to read the energy of a baby while it's in the womb, and then to read an infant, and then to read like a five-year-old, a teen, because the energy does really layer on as they get older. As time passes, there's so much more there and so much more to read. However, there are so many beings that are coming in that are starting in such a super high frequency that it would be interesting to see as time goes on how differently time affects them. Yeah, it would be interesting. That's what I mean. It's like I'm seeing these younger souls. I'm curious to see what's going to happen when they become more free-willed adults and what they're going to do with that energy. So time will tell. It gives me hope for the future. Yes, I agree there. As far as being a parent of children that you're perceiving have abilities and whether or not you perceive they have abilities or not, I think it's very important with the way that the collective consciousness is evolving to be more open and to give them a platform to explore their own gifts and their own intuition and 
even if they don't readily seem like they have abilities, to not limit them, to not cap your children and box them into what you perceive the norm to be. Let them roam, let them find their own truths to develop their own sense of their spirituality. I think that that is the more elevated way to go and would serve the planet better if we allowed these younger, more evolved children to develop in their own way. I agree. And we need to make sure that we don't belittle our children. Even though I grew up with a highly psychic father, I was labeled as the daydreamer, the exaggerator, overly sensitive. Everything seemed bigger and everything was bigger for me. I saw things at a deeper level. I felt things more. I was super empathic. I channeled information. I was a daydreamer. I was called that not really in a good way. It's important that we don't close our children down and it's important that you do your own work. It's gonna be really difficult to assist your children if you are not doing your own spiritual work, if you're not taking time to nurture that and understand that and work on tools that assist you so that you can pass that information on to your child. If you have a child that is having difficulty with these gifts and you feel at a loss of how to help them, go see a psychic, go see someone that can share tools that can validate what your child is going through and that can assist you with some tools to help you parent them. And there are some really powerful children out there that can be really intimidated. I don't know if, Jude, if you've ever been around a child that just looks at you and it's like, oh, they're looking through my soul. They just are burning a hole through me. Because really powerful psychic children, oftentimes that energy is kind of unbridled, unorganized. There's a lack of control there, which can be a little overwhelming for empathic people because this energy is just flying all over the room and you have to really protect yourself and decide how you can read that without being affected by it. Have you experienced that? I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not proud of it, but I think I scare a lot of kids. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of them scaring you, you scare them. Well, Kids look at me like they do not know what to make of me. And I know that they can really see me and I'm not for nothing. I've had a few glimpses of my own aura and it's it's intense. That's all I'm going to say. It's not unicorns and rainbows. It's kind of... <laughs> I won't describe it to you all, but I have an intense aura and I know that there are children out there who can see it. I don't take it really personally when I see kids looking at me with a little bit of uncertainty. I'm also one of those people, if I get around too many children, it's too intense for me. Kids have this really kind of uncontrolled, like flaring, flaming energy. And when there's a lot of them around and because of the type of empath and psychic that I am. Oh gosh, it's so overwhelming. That's exhausting. (laughs) I really put teachers and people who work with children up on a pedestal. I bow down. I don't know how you all do it. You guys are a gift to the planet that you can work with children. Um, And ground them and hold space for them. I remember volunteering in my kids' classrooms for just like an hour and a half and I'd go home and I'd have to take a nap. You know, it's like, how do these teachers do that? Because it's difficult to hold space with all that wild energy flying around and to ground a room. So yes, shout out to teachers. So I'm excited for our guest speaker. It's one of Patty's clients. Would you like to introduce her? I would. I'm super excited about this too. Roxy is 15 years old and she's been coming to see me for a few years. And she is an amazing psychic healer empath. 
and reading her is such a treat. She has energy like I have never seen before. And Jude has read her too. And we both have had profound experiences while reading her energy. And she's here to give us some words of wisdom for those of us that are parenting psychic or empathic children and for teens that might be experiencing some of the things that she has experienced in the past. So thank you, Roxy, so much for being here. Hi, it's so good to be here. So I guess the best way to start would be to ask you, this is a tough question, how would you describe your psychic abilities or your gifts? Um, I think it's more earth-based. I think now that I'm getting older, it's started to get more environmental than like humans and understanding them. It's more so just like feeling energy in trees and the ocean is really big for me. So I think as I was younger, it started more human. And then as I got older, it started more environmental. How would you describe that? Do you get messages? Do you hear things? Do you feel things? Do you sense things? I think I feel, I hear, I sense. I can see light and energy in the trees and in the water, and I can hear everything with nature and animals and all that stuff. So yeah. Are animals like sentient beings to you? Like you can hear them conversing with you? Um, yeah, I think with animals, it's more so just like I can feel what they're feeling and they can talk to me and it's almost like I just understand what they're saying without them like verbally. All right. And so you mentioned that this happened as you got older, it became more earthbound. When you were younger, was it like that with humans? And would you say that you just were super sensitive to what people were feeling, thinking? Mm -hmm. So you're a super empath? Yeah. Okay. So did it start with humans before it went to animals or was it always animals and nature in addition to humans or? It was always animals and nature additional to humans. But I think when I was really little, it was super empathic and it was really like gnarly and I could feel lots of energies and people's feelings. And I think as I got older, I didn't want that. So I kind of just turned that off in a sense. So it felt safer to turn it off with the human connection, but to open up more to nature, correct? Yes. And Roxy has some amazing stories. We could talk to her for hours and hours about animals that she's come into contact with. She's a really interesting being. Do you find that there are certain types of animals that you can communicate with easier? I think obviously like my dogs, I have a lot of dogs, so I'm very connected with them. So animals that I'm familiar with and have connected with before, it's definitely easier, but I think it's also a little challenging when it's animals I'm unfamiliar with and I haven't met before, but once it's like an introduction, it's pretty easy from there. And when you're communicating with your dog, does your dog just say like, hey, Roxy, how's it going? Does your dog say I need food? Does your dog say I'm uncomfortable? And then you also do some healing. So I'm curious how the conversation or the communication with the animal leads to healing. I think I more so start talking in my mind or in my spirit and I can feel the dog's emotions and I can feel what the dog's trying to say and he'll kind of talk to me. And if I recently, this morning, my dog... Um, had a hip injury and he can't walk on his legs. So I was just sitting down with him like, where is it? Can I help you? And I kind of just help him. And there's just energy going out through my hand and into his hip. Beautiful. Awesome. I'm curious, is talking to a bird similar to communicating with a bear? Does it matter what kind of species of animal? Do they have more intelligence or is it pretty even as far as communication goes along the board? 
I think, especially with bigger mammals like bears and mountain lions, it's almost easier and more clear because they're more powerful and I can feel their energy more. So like they could be like five miles away and all of a sudden like I'll feel them and I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to get near you. It's okay. And I'll be like, thank you. Like don't bring anyone near me, you know, if I'm with people or like with fish. Um, when I'm like swimming in the river, I can like hear them and they're just like little guppy sounds and they're just like super sweet and like dainty. <laughs> and then like with the birds, it's almost just like the most like whimsical, like just very freeing, like loving motherly, like just voice telling me just like different things, like almost like compliments <laughs> in a sense. Beautiful. And when did you realize that you had this gift and that maybe not everybody is able to do this? Um, when I went to school, I definitely was like, do you hear this? Do you hear that? Like, do you see like this golden light in the trees? Do you like, can they talk to you? And I remember my friend like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's incredible. And I resonate with what you've said, because even though that's not open to me all the time, I've had windows of that kind of communication opening. And I've felt those very similar energies between sea creatures and sky creatures and land creatures. It, it is very much like how you describe. That's really beautiful. Roxy, you said it was difficult with kids your own age. And I know your mother, and I've read your mother, and we both know that part of her journey here is to hold space for her magical daughter to be able to do what she needs. And I'm curious if you have any comments or suggestions for parents of psychic beings, and maybe some ways that your mother helps you or some things your mom could have done differently. My mom is my best friend. It's always been me and her, and I think for parents that have psychic teens or even kids, it's more so just allowing them to feel comfortable and that it's okay and not actually that's normal but it's a gift and not a curse because I think when I was younger my mom was like oh whoa she was very almost just told me how to handle it and like it's okay and it's normal and just because other people don't have it doesn't mean it's bad and I think just reassurance is always the best form of like way to tell your kid. <laughs> That's so empowering. And I know your mother has told me about times when she'll be driving down the street and you'll say, stop the car, stop the car. And she listens to you. She stops the car. And that's usually for a really, really yeah. good reason. And I think there's probably not a whole lot of children that are listened to and taken that seriously by their parents. A hundred percent. And I think for parents, it's just like giving your kid like not only reassurance, but also just like listening to them makes them feel more powerful and that you understand them and you accept them for what they are and what they believe and what they can do. Has there been times where you perceived things that were very scary or that you ever felt threatened? And how did you handle that? Um, well, when I see something scary or something that's unfamiliar, I almost imagine like a light bubble iridescent bubble around me and I know it can't touch me and that um, I'm safe and I'm protected by this almost like bubble around me. So that's how I handle it. And I know that you also really trust your abilities. And I know that there have been times when you and your mother have gone somewhere and you've walked in and been like, hell no, we're not staying here. And again, she trusts you. So when something like that happens, when you come across some energy that you are like, no, I'm not going in, no, I'm not staying here. How does that feel in your body or how are you perceiving that? Because that is negative energy, correct? Yes. Um, it's almost like my feet 
feel really low on the ground and very grounded and my stomach almost just like turns and my heart almost like skips a bit and I can see it and I can feel it. And then I'm like, I don't want to entertain that. I don't want to be near it, especially because I feel like things like that are really engaged with psychic things and like light things. So I feel like it's almost attracted to me. So I feel like I want to steer away from that. I can relate to that. Are you a visual person? So are you seeing things in your third dimensional space? Like when you walk into a building, are you just picking up on that vibration? Are you actually sort of physically seeing things moving around in your peripherals? Um, I think I see and feel both in a sense. I feel like it's almost like I see, I feel it, and then I can almost like turn it on and I can see almost like it could be gray, it could be white, it could be black, it could be brown, and it's almost just like a very like like a moving car. When you see a moving car, it goes really fast. And I feel like it's almost staticky almost and just something like you can feel. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. That's exactly how it looks to me. And when you are sensing these negative energies or energies that you feel are dark, are you asking about it? Are you curious what it is, where it came from, or do you just hightail it in the opposite direction? I more so first just like ask because I almost feel like there's always a voice guiding me and I'm like, is it okay if I go in here or should I just walk completely in the other direction? And usually that voice will tell me what I need to do and what's best for me. You seem really advanced for 15 on knowing how to control and protect and guide properly with these kind of abilities. I'm sure Patty probably had a lot to do in guiding you into that space, but I'm wondering, prior to meeting Patty, did you feel like you naturally kind of understood how to navigate the energetic realms or did you feel totally lost and not really know how to handle it? I think it's it's just always been my life since I was a baby. It's just been normal. And I think when other people would tell me it's not normal, I'd be like, well, that's okay, but it's normal to me. And it's just something I've always lived with. And I think a spirit or a guide has always been with me and letting me like reassurance and letting me know that this is normal and like just doing things. And I think also with the ocean, I have a really big connection and I feel like she can almost talk to me through everything. And I feel like it's almost an umbilical cord between me and the like ocean and the energy and just very motherly and just like this is normal this is what you're supposed to do on this earth and it's okay and you go to the ocean a lot so i'm guessing that's very clearing and i would say grounding but i know that grounding is not one of your favorite things which is really interesting how does the ocean help you does it feel like it clears things balances things ship things all of the above I feel like it's almost like I'm the part of the ocean. Like sometimes I'm just like, I feel like I'm almost like the human version of an ocean. I don't know why, but just I feel like it's where I come from and I'm like from the ocean and I'm a like basically I feel like I call it like children of the tides where it's just like you come from it. And I feel like we all come from the sea, but we are not all of the sea, if that makes sense. And I feel like I come from it. So it's just home. It's just where I can be me and It's where I can surf and it's where I can feel alive and free and the best version of myself. So I recently had an experience with a client and this is very, very new to me and has never happened before, but she came in and what happened was I ended up being telepathically communicating with 
what it felt like every dolphin in the entire ocean all over the world. And it was this unified mind consciousness. And what I realized were that these beings, I was calling them creatures and they were saying, no, we are beings. The dolphins were these very highly evolved conscious, almost supernatural. I'm not even 100% sure. It was so out there even for me that I'm still digesting exactly what it was. I'm curious if you happen to ever perceive something on that level with the dolphins or the whales in the ocean being like not of this planet or very high beings from another far off place, just out of my curiosity. I think I've seen a lot of whales while just in the ocean and just on the beach, and I feel like 100% they're not of this world. They're just so light and they're so pure, and I think they almost have like a very like masculine and almost feminine like evenly amount, and I feel like it's just very beautiful. While with dolphins, they're so intelligent, and I feel like they're almost like ocean angels, and like they know everything. (laughs) Oh my gosh, 100% ocean angels, because with that specific client, at the end of the session, I was like, this sounds really crazy, but you're somewhere across between an alien, a dolphin, and an angel, and it's blowing my mind. It was just this perfect mesh between cosmic energy, dolphin energy, and angelic energy, and it was one of the most beautiful things as a psychic I have ever witnessed. At 15, have you found some support within your peer group? Are others gravitating towards you because of your abilities? Are you open about it with your friends? I think for me, it's like I've always just been completely myself and just a very like happy being. And I feel like a lot of teens my age aren't. And I feel like I've never really felt like one of them or like with anyone I just haven't felt of this world so it's been very isolating but I feel like I'm almost like my own best friend and I hang out with a lot of people but at the same time I can always come back to myself and be like this is who I am this is what I want to be and just because I'm not like them doesn't mean that's a bad thing it's very inspiring to see somebody with that much self-love that they do not need to be validated from other people And this inner joy and happiness that I can see and feel that she just naturally exudes, despite not being the most popular girl in the world, you know, it's pretty awesome. Roxy, would you say then that your spirit guides, animals, nature, that those are your best friends? And do you feel like that's enough for you? Or do you crave that connection with other beings other than your mother? Or are you okay with that? I think that's like a really interesting question because I feel like there's always a saying like you don't have to be alone to feel lonely, you know, and I've never felt alone or lonely ever in my life. I've always felt like I have a mission to do on this earth and just because I don't necessarily connect to humans my age doesn't mean I can't connect to the ocean and trees and things like that and it's just the same as a bond. You just, they just can't really talk. (laughs) That's so beautiful. And has there ever been a time when you wanted to shut it all down, pretend you didn't have it, be normal, so to speak? (laughs) I think when I was in school, I was just like, I never wanted to be like the other kids. I always thought my gift was very special. And I always loved it because from a young age, I always knew I was put on this earth to do a mission and to help the world and to help the ocean. So I never wanted to turn it off. I always wanted to keep pushing forward and moving, even if it meant that I wouldn't have a lot of people behind me. 
do you have a clear conscious understanding of what that mission is or is it just kind of like a feeling that there's an importance around your place here on earth and that there are big things that you need to do? I feel like I've always known my mission on this earth and it was to help people and it was to help this earth and just to just help the ocean, which is my biggest connection. And I feel like since I was like two, I was like, I'm going to speak to the world one day and they're going to listen. And it was just filling my body with sunlight and knowing that this is what I was going to do and people might not understand it and that's okay. Thank you. That's, that's beautiful. You're also a healer. In addition to being able to communicate and being extremely empathic and telepathic, you also do healing. You talked a little bit about doing some healing with your dog, and I know there's stories of you doing healings with humans, and I would like you to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. I think humans, I mean, are obviously very different than animals and dogs in nature, and I think they are very off-put at first especially when I have a friend coming to me and she's really sad. I'm like, you know what? I can help you. I can heal a part of you that may have been broken by either a boy because that's a big thing right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I feel like I just will hold their hands and I'll just imagine light coming through my fingertips and into theirs and into the place that may feel broken or have a void. And it usually fills it up. And I remember one of my friends like, do you feel like this all the time? This is amazing. Thank you. And was just crying. And I was like, of course, <laughs> you're my best friend. Of course I'll do that. That's so beautiful. I think it's amazing that you naturally understood how to channel light and to project your consciousness to find the void that needed to be filled. That is incredibly advanced. And that took me many, many years to figure out on my own. <laughs> so <laughs> I am really... I'm just really uh, inspired and I look forward to seeing where you evolve as a healer in the next decades to come. Are you interested in being a healer in this lifetime? What do you think you want to be or do? I feel like that's always the question, right? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I feel like it changes so often, but I think not just a healer for humans, but a healer for the world and for people. And I just overall just want to go to other countries and I want to help people and I want to build houses and I want to <laughs> plant trees and I want to pick up plastic and I want to really talk to people and know that there's hope in life and there's hope in things and just helping coral reefs and all this stuff. And I feel like that's what I want to do with my life for the rest of my life. And that's what I was put on this earth to do. And I'm excited about that as I get older. <laughs> That's wonderful. And as Jude mentioned earlier at how impressive it is that you naturally had this ability to protect yourself, to accept your gifts, to allow yourself to be guided. I want to go back to the parenting question because there are parents out there that have psychic children that are really not sure how to help them. And you knew how to do a lot of this naturally on your own. So do you feel like you taught your mother how to parent you? Or do you feel like your mother also just naturally being your mother and having those parental instincts knew how to nurture you and assist you. And we know that your mother is an exceptional being and very tapped in herself, which gave her these abilities. But I'm curious of what your opinion is on that. I think for my mom, she always knew she was going to have me. She told me that like my whole life, I always knew I was going to have a daughter named Roxy and she was going to be like incredible. And I remember when I was little, just like laughing about that. But I think with our relationship specifically, we always knew we were going to have each other in a life. And I think that's the really important thing. But we also taught each other along the way. We were both confused. We were both like, I was always like, you don't understand. <laughs> and she was like, no, I don't. But 
if you talk to your mom or you talk to your dad and you just explain it to them, that's what my mom is. She's like, I don't understand. If you explain it to them, I'm sure they'll understand it somehow. But with parents, it's more so just like talk to your kids, talk to them about what they're feeling and what they're doing and just really talking. I mean, that's me though. I love communication. <laughs> but if you can't talk more so just allow your kids to be themselves and also allow them and let them feel comfortable with coming to you about certain things. It's all about comforting and abundance and all that stuff. So yeah. Nice. Okay. I'm going to put myself out here and ask you this question and my family will be mortified if they know that I'm saying this out loud, but I heard my dog speak out loud. I was driving down the car. It was just she, I know it's funny. It was she and I in the car. She had her head out the back window. So she was next to my face and I stopped at a stop sign and there was a young man about to cross the crosswalk. And she said, Hey there to the man. And the man looked at me like, what the hell? And there was no one else around. And my family thinks I'm insane, but she actually spoke and I've been trying to get her to talk to me ever since. And she hasn't. Have you ever heard any animals, trees, anything actually speak? Have you ever heard anything through your ears from them that sounded like actual speaking? I think when you're really comfortable with like where you are and your energy is very open, like I've heard all of a sudden I literally like turned my head and I heard like a bird speak literally and someone else did and I was like, what the heck was that? Hey, it's not just me. Yeah. But I think it's a hundred percent when you're open, like energetically and spiritually, and you feel really comfortable, that stuff can easily come in. So I think that's how it happened. We are so thankful having you here with us today and sharing this and putting this out and helping other teens and parents and kind of shining some light on some amazing things. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to say or anything that you think we should hear? A lot of people call me psychic. I don't usually use that term because I just grew up like this. I think it's more so just like trust it. Don't ever question it because there's been a time where I've questioned it and it's led me into like a really bad situation. So trust your gut and trust your soul and trust your spirit and know that this gift was given to you for a reason and it's not a curse and you can really change the world with it. And we've talked a lot about communication. And like I said, we could talk to you for hours on end, but we haven't talked about some of the physical things that you've done. Mm -hmm. For instance, blowing out candles, locking your mother in her bedroom. She and her mother were in an argument and she actually had the doorknob fall off or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about how things manifest physically, how your energy can physically change or move things? I feel like just this past year that's been happening. And I feel like when it first started happening, I just was like, oh no, I just locked my mom. Like the doorknob was jammed. Then all of a sudden, like, I'll just be like, something will just fly off the wall or something. And I'll be like, was focusing on that. And I think at first it definitely scared me because I'm used to more energetical seeing stuff and not really physical things like on this earth. But I think I'm not very good at it, but I'm moving towards it. And it's been really interesting and a really very just questioning process, I think. Very cool. Well, there's been a couple of times where I felt like I moved something, but my conscious mind immediately was like, that didn't happen. But my memory mind is like, I think I just moved something. I think I just closed the door. I think I just made something shift 
so thank you. Perhaps I should just trust it because the fact that I just threw it away as soon as it happened made me not continue to develop that. Yeah, I remember when I was about your age, I sat for hours trying to, with my mind, put a candle out. Hours and hours and hours. And then it got to a point where I could do it every once in a while. And it was scary and exciting and fascinating all at the same time. Yeah, so thank you for sharing that. Well, this has been fascinating, Roxy, and thank you so much for taking time to come and be with us. And I personally feel so much joy and gratitude for knowing you and having you in my life. And I hope that what you've shared today will help parents with psychic children and will help other young people out there that have this gift that are either unaware of it, fearful of it, don't understand the isolation that sometimes comes with that. And your words of wisdom are amazing. And we're so thankful to have you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Roxy. It was incredible talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you for hours and just keep asking. I'm sure our listeners have so many questions as well. It's just really inspiring to see you so comfortable in your skin with these abilities and making it feel normal and making it feel okay by the way you're talking about it. I think this is going to be really eye-opening for a lot of people and making perhaps some of the younger listeners, the teens, feel more comfortable in their skin and more accepting of their gifts. So thank you so much again for coming here. You did an amazing, incredible job and you really are a gift. Uh, Thank you guys so much. It was an incredible experience and just everyone who's listening, have a blessed day. This was an amazing episode. I'm so thankful that we were able to do this. And I hope that those of you out there that are parenting psychic or empathic children found some words of wisdom. And it's important that you are patient, that you validate your child and that you communicate with them as well as you are able to. And the children are our future. They are going to save our planet. And it's important that we nurture their gifts that they've brought into this time because they're here to assist humanity. Yeah. And I would just like to add that I really believe that we choose our parents for good reason. So for me, I look back at my parenting. I've been a mom for 17 years and I look back and knowing what I know now, I probably wish I had done things a little bit differently. But, you know, we are all here on our own journey learning as we go. So don't be hard on yourself. There's always an opportunity to start shifting and changing your attitude and perception around your children. It's never too late to open up that conversation and make it more comfortable and easy for them to explore their own abilities. And I'd just like to say too that allow yourself to learn from your child. The kids are coming in with a lot to say and a lot to teach us. And, you know, these kids, they're super advanced. They're tuned into something and we just got to go with that flow. We just got to trust where it's going, especially with technology and all of that. And it kind of scares the older generations. But I believe that these new kids that are coming in are prepped and wired and ready to embrace the way the planet is evolving. Nurture them well, love them well and empower them empower them yeah so thank you all for listening we're always excited to share what we know and introduce you to interesting people we always appreciate the feedback and just like this episode was inspired by one of our listener questions 
perhaps future episodes could be inspired by you. So don't be afraid to reach out, send us a message through our Instagram, which is at Spirit Speakers Podcast, or you can connect with me through my website. It's onlineandshinekawaii.com. And Patty? Yes, and my website is wingandether.com or pdavispsychic.com. Thank you so much for listening and being here and take care. Aloha. Aloha.